the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, Greece is trying to present new proposals to Europe's zone leaders. Uh, they want the country's debt to be cut by 30% with a 20-year grace period. Um, they're not in a very good position to negotiate. Apple can't ignore the auto market. One analyst from Morgan Stanley says, in our opinion, it's too big of an addressable market. They can't ignore it. Uh, they just can't give it to their competitors. The car is the ultimate mobile device. It's going to be interesting to watch this in the next couple of years. Um, Samsung is again being attacked on the high end and low end. Data released that global smartphone market's booming. Uh, it's jumped from 281 million phones last year to 336 million this year. But the smartphone maker is failing. Samsung is failing to benefit from the trend. The company's device sales actually shrank year over year. To get your calls on the air, you call 800-516-1220. Calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Uh, Disney seeks continued tax-exempt status from Anaheim. The happiest place on Earth is looking to get happier with a special tax exemption in Anaheim for 30 more years. The city council approves the way Walt Disney's plan uh, for a billion-dollar expansion of their theme parks. Wow. Good to be Disney, huh? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. How to calculate the cost of retirement. This is one of those $64,000 questions. Um, I haven't even put my head around retirement, so I'm, I'm not even thinking about the cost. And yet I'll go out there and say formulas like 10 to 20 times your salary. Let's talk about some of the costs and expenses that are going to come up in retirement. Well, yeah, you know, when you're younger, you can put your head to, you know, your, your savings to the grindstone, whatever you want to say, whatever stupid term you want to come up with and, and save 15 to 20% of your pay as soon as you get out of college and start working. And you'll probably be okay, but you get to the point when you're 45, 50, and retirement seems closer now, and you, you tr you've got to calculate at what point will you have enough. Right. And then even 
driving your asset allocation and how you should be invested now and in retirement, it all comes from your expenses. So you have to track your expenses. You have to, it, a lot of times this takes people a year to do because some expenses come once a year, twice a year. Um, tuition comes so often. I mean, it's not like a fixed monthly amount. So people that haven't done it for a while, sometimes it takes them a year to kind of perfect it. So the basic concept is what are you spending money on in retirement? Because you only have so much of it left. Right. You've worked for 40 years, 20 to 60. Now you're spending what you saved. Right. But also the point of retirement is to be able to be very comfortable, not worry about money and also do the things you wanted to do. Because sometimes if you retire at 64, you could have a very stressful, very, you know, limited income retirement, but if you worked another three, four, five years, which in the grand scheme of things, if you're living until you're 100, isn't very long, you could have a great retirement just because you have extra compounding years plus you're feeding the portfolio, and you can do things like what's your dream vacations, um, what do you want to do, uh, do you have philanthropic goals that you, that's what you're going to do in retirement, are you going to have to remodel your house? Because the expenses that people forget to put in are <laughs> things like hey, I've got to remodel my house every 10 to 15 years. I've got to buy a new car every 10 years. You know the whole remodeling the house? That's almost funny because I've recently bought a house, and when I did, I was like, nice way to hit the microphone, you dodo. Um, (laughs) Okay, start over. No, 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 no. Um, (laughs) So when I was shopping for a house, you know what I found a lot of? Old people's homes who haven't been remodeled. Yeah. I'm like, this kitchen is a tear-out. Not the whole house. And then I'm like, this rug is a tear-out. The whole house wasn't remodeled. So... You have on your list that remodeling is an expense in retirement. I don't think it is. Okay, so here's probably what happens in most of America. They sit around in retirement and watch Montel. <laughs> and they don't remodel their trailer. Right. Well, I wasn't buying a trailer. Let's not go there. If they watch in Montel, they're in a trailer. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So some of these are optional in retirement. What, but you some don't of want them in, to be. What's the point of retirement? If you could... The the difference between your success rate retiring at the right age versus three or four years early is so huge when you run projections. And you have to think about some of these things. You might not remodel again when you're 80, 85, 90, but between 65 and 80, you're probably going to do some significant repairs on the home, whether, you know, roofs last 25 to 30 years. You've got that cost. That's 25 to 50,000, depending on how big your house is. Um, you've got gifts to the grandkids that people forget about helping your kids that are not having a great time getting jobs straight out of college right now, especially if they have a philosophy degree or an English degree, something like that, that didn't work well. So all of the dreams, um, you've got to think about what's going to get you out of bed in retirement. What's going to be your schedule? Does that include a golf membership? Does that include flight lessons? You know, what, what do you want to do? You have to project those costs into the plan. You can't just say, I'm going to live on 80% of what I'm making now. Okay, fine. Have your reduction in the standard of living and see how you enjoy retirement. A lot, lot brought up in that segment. Um, the roof needing every 25 years. You know what I want to do in retirement? My retirement's, <laughs> my retirement's slightly different than yours. I want to actually put my roof on fire. And when the firemen show up, I go, the roof. The roof is on fire. Just want to we don't need no water. Let the burn. <laughs> Like, that's on my bucket list. I want to tell a fireman, we don't need no, the roof is on fire. They were going to spray you in the face with that giant hose. As <laughs> soon as you do that, they will let that unleash. You know, wait, peel wait. the skin off your face. I was once on vacation, <laughs> and from the beach, it, there was a boat that was going by at night, 
and it looked, it sounded like fun. It sounded, it sounded like everyone was drunk on it. I was like, let's do that. So I, I signed up for that, and, and this is a tropical vacation somewhere close to St. Bart, St. Lucia. And the boat, we sign up for it, and then it turns out it's a, basically a disco on water. And what do I not want to do? Boosters. What do I never, ever want to do? Hang out with people and dance. That combination, it was... The I don't mo- think you like either one of those. That's, that's the point, the combination. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to swim to the shore. It was the worst night of my life, and it was the last night on vacation. So booze cruises, hmm, be cautious, right? That's, that's not a retirement thing. We'll get back to retirement <laughs> and much, much more. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, safe D right now, is that what you want? Um, markets have broken down, certainly, since the whole Greece issue hit. It's kind of gained a little bit of momentum on breakdown side of things. Um, I'm not that concerned by it. I look for earnings over time and not so much for headlines. And again, I'm not saying that Greece isn't important. I'm saying it's not that important. Selling has picked up uh, since the market's broken its 200-day moving average. Just when you're prepared for a better economy and higher rates, we find ourselves focusing on global macro stories. It's not all Greece. It's China, too. When you combine the two, then you get what we have today of a little lack of confidence. The Prime Minister of Greece is in Brussels for what could be a last chance to secure a rescue from European leaders and keep his country in the Euro. Finance and leaders from the region meet today. We'll get more information as the day plays out. Alcoa officially kicks off earnings season um, tomorrow when it reports after markets close. Profits at SP 500 companies are expected to contract about 6.5%. Anything less would be viewed as a positive. But again, that's not good. So uh, <clears throat> I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Waiting all the time, I was weighing on my conscience. Feeling done again, feeling I can't shake. Think I'm finally awake. I'd rather do it, rather make it be a fake. I know that dreams come true, but I never thought that I would have to leave you. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm interested in the Disney story. Um, in large part, you know, Disney's an easy company to talk about. They've asked basically the city of Anaheim for an extension on their special waiver to reimburse the company for any taxes imposed during the next three decades. No entertainment gate tax has ever been levied by the city of Anaheim. Disney and its employee, the exemption is merited huge economic benefit Anaheim derives from the resort, which is the largest employer in the city and Orange County as a whole. 
28,000 local jobs. Anaheim has been an economic success story thanks to policies and initiatives that allow business to invest and thrive. Um, I don't know. Do you believe in corporations getting tax breaks? You know, chaining the hands of future residents on their ability to impose taxes will jeopardize the city's financial health is the one way of looking at it, right? Disney plans calls for breaking ground by the end of 2017 and finishing construction by 2024 of a new billion-dollar expansion. And Disney says that's going to add, you know, another 2,600 jobs a year. And that'll lead to another creation of 2,100 permanent jobs. Um, Disneyland's original theme park opened to the public in 1955. No admission tax is currently collected at any Disney park in the world. I don't know. Again, I love I hate that story. On the other hand, I love that story. Telling me that I'm kind of confused by it. Um, in the sense that, you know, I, I think small businesses are the secret to our economy growing. And yet, you know, we're really, really kind to large businesses. Some of them, not all of them. Oil companies pay a egregious amount of tax. Uh, whereas Disney doesn't. And Disney even benefits from Prop 13 on the business. Um, the value of all their land. Uh, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems like, wouldn't you want a more fair system on who gets tax breaks and who doesn't? Or just a more, I understand the whole system kind of perspective. Uh, sad story today, I think this is the worst one, is Generation X, which is weighed down by debt, is getting custom to the burden. Baby boomers as well. They're starting to see both groups as credit cards as a lifeline. I've got credit cards, and I use them. Uh, one's a travel card, and one's a, a 2% cashback card. And honestly, I get you know probably six to $8,000 of benefits a year from them. I pay them off every month. Um, but I've never been in the situation, at least since college, where a credit card, you know, I would carry a balance. Uh, and yet 48% of Generation Xers and Boomers say that credit cards now function as a survival tool. Reliance on debt is particularly troublesome for younger Americans who often put off saving for retirements and other needs because of it. Uh, debt is a tool. You can get student debt, which is a great thing if it increases your job potential and earnings potential. You can get uh, you know, debt to buy a home which is great because you pay yourself rent. Um, but that's also a liability. Lose your job and see if it's, you know, great. It's not. Um, I think it's really significant to learn that debt is a problem if you're putting milk on your credit card debt and you're carrying that on a month-to-month -month basis. People are burdened by what's kind of like a Bermuda Triangle financial stresses right now. Student loan debt, type of job market, Homes that may be worth less than what people initially paid. Generation Xers, 46% pay part of their credit card balance each month versus 32% of boomers. The rest of both groups either pay the entire amount or don't use cards at all. With 23% of Generation Xers saying that they don't feel they can start saving for retirement until their credit cards are paid off. Many people in that age group come out short when they want to stop working in their senior years. Uh, that's the, I think that's something that, I'm not going to say haunts me, but that's something that I'm very, very attuned to, is that I see people make bad financial mistakes, and down the road it's going to hurt them. 
I see people put money into annuities that they shouldn't. I see people buy whole life insurance, which when you're 92 and you die, who the heck needs your money? I see people buy variable insurance, which is a little bit of a stock play and a little bit of an insurance play, but it's really an insurance play. Variable annuities are stupid. People who buy variable annuities are financially stupid. Um, they're costly. They're expensive. They protect your downside, but who needs their downside protected? Has the stock market gone to zero all of a sudden, or was it just recently at all-time highs? So they're, st they're sold by financially stupid people. So when I see credit card debt become a problem for people, I'm very attuned to it because I, I see at age 60 when they're like, my back hurts, I can't go to work or don't want to go to work. Um, they don't have to sit choices. So when people are barely getting by and they're using credit cards as their lifeline, it's, it's a problem. I mean, it is a very, very real problem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Hostess is going to come public, which I don't understand why. Um, they went bankrupt. They're going into bankrupt. They got rescued by a private equity company. That private equity company has changed some of their manufacturing, fired some people, probably squeezed out some of the um, probably squeezed out some of the uh, fluff. Um, I just, I don't get it. Um, there's some companies that, to me, that's just the insiders getting out, the people that put up money for them, um, instead of putting themselves up for sale to a private company or to a public company or to any company that they want. They're public to the company. Um, it makes no sense. Sales of the new Apple Watch have plunged by 90% since the opening week. According to a new market research report, Apple has been selling fewer than 20,000 watches a day in the United States since its initial surge and on some days fewer than 10,000. That's a sharp decline from you know, the week of April 10 when it sold about a million and a half watches or about 200,000 a day. Furthermore, two thirds of the watches sold so far have been the lower profit sport version, which starts at $349. In an ambitious mid uh, push with the luxury market, Apple also unveiled a gold edition you know, that's priced at $10,000 or more. So far, fewer than 2,000 of them have been sold in the United States. Um, the problem with buying such an expensive thing is next year there's going to be a different version of it. And the value of yours is now only as a collectible and not as you know, functional. Uh, the fall off in sales, if confirmed, uh, looks ominous. And the Apple Watch is much more important than immediate, uh, is more important than any immediate concerns to earnings would suggest. The Apple Watch is the first completely new product launch since the company created and launched the, you know, visionary products of Steve Jobs, and he's passed, so to speak. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
Chinese stocks are falling like a knife. Be careful. Chinese stocks were volatile again yesterday or overnight is the best way of saying that. But closed well off session lows as investors remain doubtful of the efficacy of Beijing's recent market rescue measures. The bubble is bursting. Since hitting a seven year peak, the market has fallen about 27%, triggering a host of uh, reasons for sell offs, including unwinding of margin, lofty valuations. Shanghai Composite was still 15% higher for the year as of today's uh, close. So the market was underperforming when the economy was booming, and the market surged as the economy was slowing. Uh, the bottom line on China is pretty loud and clear that the model shift from manufacturing-led exports to service-led consumer demand is something they're continuing to emphasize. Um, they're trying to address its debt-to-gross domestic product ratio, which some estimates peg as high as 225%. Two, equity is an important financial metric. Uh, it is for you, it is for me. Debt-to-income is probably more important for you and me. But if we want to go buy a house, or a car, they're going to pull our credit and say, "Wow, he's got, you know, he's got a couple million in stocks. He's got a, you know, a home that's half paid for. He's got some equity. So debt to equity is important. Having debt that's 225 times higher than your equity is pretty scary, all things considered." Let's talk a little real estate with Tony Mendez. Welcome in. Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done two, maybe three of my loans in real estate. So I bring them in on occasion to kind of highlight what you should be thinking about when buying a home or refinancing a home or maybe even sometimes selling a home. You can listen to his show here on KDOW 1220 Tuesdays. That's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. drive time. Mr. Mendez, buying a home is intimidating. Yes, it is. I remember my 20s when I bought my first car. I had buyer's remorse. I had panic. Um, you know, going through a divorce, you have remorse, you have panic, you have fear. But a home, it's it's pretty big. The first home that you put an offer on, and it's not quite the home you want. There's a cracked foundation. You're like, what is, should I be doing? Yeah. Should I not be doing it? Like, you do go through a lot of questions. Yeah, I did, the first cliche I heard in the business, and it still rings true today, is it's the biggest decision you're going to make in your life, the biggest investment you're going to make in your life. And it, And today it's becoming more harder to get. Uh, more difficult to get the financing, uh, finding the right price, finding the right home is difficult today because we have such competition. Im- we have competition, we have inventory problems, um, and you're putting cash over top of appraised value. So it's it's a lot more difficult and certainly more intimidating in a seller's market like it is today. And you and I kind of grew up kind of ignorant. We we're kind of like, yeah, Dad said put down 28 to 40 percent of your income. And you and I have grown up in an area uh, era where people are like. Buy the worst house on the best street. Buy close to great schools. Buy close to great jobs. Don't buy too far out. You want someone's wife to want your home. You want some curbside appeal. I mean, it sounds like pretty generic advice, but a lot of people got burned with bad advice, like buy, you know, take equity out of your home and buy elsewhere, or or um, buy in Dallas. Or, yeah, just wrong advice. You know, the yeah. best advice you can give yourself for real estate is to first decide to make. Decide to buy real estate. That's the hardest decision. Know that you're going to gonna, know that you're going to be tied to it. Yeah. And you said it's an investment. I say it's a liability. You say it's the best, biggest investment you ever make. I think it's the biggest liability. You're committing to paying 30 years every single month, even if you lose your job, even if you divorce. You're making a commitment that's big. Now later in life, as you pay yourself rent, 
i.e. the part of the mortgage that's not interest but the equity, um, it is it adds up to a great yeah. thing over time. It doesn't keep up terribly well versus inflation. Some markets better than others. Yeah, and and you brought up a good point. The, a lot of things that are the benefits, the right benefits of owning a home aren't sold. Sold. It's the wrong benefits that are oversold, and it gets people hyped up about real estate. It really is a hype game, isn't it? Uh, oh, and yeah. a speculation game. Right now, speculation is is dying off as prices are going up and rates are going up. It's it's a lot more rate sensitive than it used to be. I'm um, because we have such high prices, and this is what I fear in this type of market right now is that we are so rate sensitive and we're so sensitive to alternative types of financing like arms and there's no neg ams anymore. There is still interest only. So people are sensitive to those, but they also are sensitive to the payment and the fact that the prices have gone up and are going to go back up to where they've been. If, it's a tricky market. To figure if you out live in you an expensive be. area, you're looking for expensive jobs to be created. If you're living in Stockton, you're looking for a doubling of minimum wage. Like, there's little keys and hints that you could think about. Um, I could tell you that my industry, the financial world, has some slimy people. There's a big mutual fund guy down in San Jose that I got to see some of his salespeople. And they're just 25-year-old, just, I don't know, just, hey, hey there, Gus, give me a power handshake, and let's go sell some of this product and make big money and have scotches tonight. Like, they're just... I don't know what the word bimbo himbo like there's that's not the right word but uh your industry has that too though you just call them a tool tool perfect your industry's got these tools that are like you know all i gotta do is do one more so i can fly to hawaii and smoke weed and come back and do one mortgage and you know hey i used to be a mechanic but now i'm going to be a mortgage person i know a woman who's a housewife and she's getting her real estate license simply because it's a little extra money and she's competing against people who have been in this industry 40, 50 years, super experienced. She's got none. She's going to fail, in my opinion. With that said, maybe she sells one else. Yep. Um, she's got a heart of gold, and she networks really well with mothers. So maybe she does well. You know, that, But there's some barriers to entry. I'd get into the real estate business, that side of the real estate business, if I had a larger network. Uh, and I've been in my city for a long time. I'm a mom, and I, and I know a lot of people, and I know how to network. You know, that's a great way to start. There's a lot be of people who still because, want to get yeah. into real estate because there is a lot of money to be made in this in this industry. Um, the mortgage industry is more of the sales part. Real estate's all about this. The selling side is all about how who you know. One of the first questions I would ask a potential realtor: Tell me the three best streets. Tell me the school scores, and you know, don't show me a big kitchen. I don't care. Show me the best streets that everyone wants that has no inventory. That's where I want to be. That has been Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez has been sitting in with me. He works with BayAreaLoanSource.com. He is a lender, BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 800-516-1220. Let's go to a call, Bill in Lafayette. Bill. Bill. Bill, 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 Bill. Thanks for the call, Bill. Morgan Stanley's out today with a note talking about Apple. And I think Apple's just one. I think it's a fun company to talk about. I own shares of Apple. Um, I disclose that from time to time for you. Not to brag or anything, but I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. But Morgan Stanley says Apple can't ignore the auto market. And I mostly agree with this. Um, Matt Miller and Stephanie Rule, Morgan Stanley's auto analyst, is Adam Jonas, 
appeared on Bloomberg TV yesterday, and he got peppered with questions about the future of mobility. It got interesting when he asked if Apple should use its vast pile of cash, which is closing on $200 billion to buy a car company. And his quote was, our opinion is that it's too big of an addressable market. They can't ignore it. They can't just give it to their competitors. The car is the ultimate mobile device. However, he wasn't enthusiastic about the idea of Apple buying a car company, which could easily do, given that its cash hoard is bigger than the market caps of General Motors, Ford, and Tesla combined. What would they get it for, he asked. Clearly of the view that Apple is better off improving the user experience of the automobile rather than buying a company that builds cars or manufacturing. The host and Jonas didn't get into the rumored Apple car. Obviously, if Apple doesn't want to buy a car company, it could always go alone and revamp the design of the automobile according to its own ideas about how to fit the mobility world with Apple. The analyst from Morgan Stanley, um, Adam Jonas, he predicts that self-driving cars are starting to take off on the streets over the next two to three years, a very aggressive timetable. Google has a degree already headed down this route, created a test fleet of self-driving podmobiles that it's currently navigating the Bay Area. Jonas is quite comfortable in a highly speculative realm. Um, he staked out by far the most forward-looking position on how we'll get around in the 21st century and has advised Morgan Stanley's clients accordingly. That's one of the nice things about working with a big group like Morgan Stanley is you do get you know, aggressive research of, it may be, timetable may be wrong, but at least it's making you think. And that's what I try to do on this show, just try to get you to think. Um, the price of oil, down 3.3%, 50 bucks a barrel. So it had been holding 58, fell below 52, which was kind of a level of support. It's fallen 7% um, pretty quickly. You know, just a couple weeks ago, oil was $61 a barrel. Now it's down 9% in two days. Uh, oil inventories have been falling ever so slightly in the last few weeks. They still remain near 80-year highs. That's crazy. Crazy! And a lot of people are thinking that it's probably uh, China slowing down. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Other big stories of note today include, but are not limited to, um, odds that you win the Powerball are going to get worse. Odds that you win a stinky prize are going to get better. So the odds of winning the jackpot with a record $590 million in 2013 will increase to 1 in $292 million, up from 1 in $175 million. Are you kidding me? Wow. People who play the lottery are not the financial geniuses of society. They're the slow folk. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
The brief showed up to Tuesday's emergency meeting with its creditors without any new plans to how it's going to bail itself out, despite promising to do so. Wow. The head of Greece's creditors, a guy named Euron Dusselblum, gave a statement after an emergency meetings of top European leaders, confirming that Greece turned up empty-handed. Now the plan is for Greece to have a conference call tomorrow rather than a face-to-face. Um, in the referendum on Sunday, the Greek people resoundingly rejected the most recent bailout deal. Greece has now less than 48 hours to draw plans of its own and also had to appoint a new finance member, uh, finance minister in the immediate reaction to that. Um, this is just bad. I mean, they are damned if they do and damned if they don't. The right thing to do short term would be to fail. To leave the European Union and fail. It would be it would be a lot more short term pain, but it would set up their future better. By continuing to service debt at a pathetic level over the next twenty to thirty years, and by cutting programs that you know reforms and austerity, they're just continuing to you know hurt their be miserable. European Union is not really a union after all. Um, European Union is a union when they want to be, but when it's tough, it's like, hey, you got to pay your debts, buddy. I'm not helping you out. So it's interesting to watch from a distance. Um, there's a little tragedy on there going on for sure. Uh, a lot of people hurt very, very badly, um, in my opinion. So, so it was cute to have the vote, but that doesn't mean a thing with people who owe, you owe money to. Um, it's like the whole uh, Occupy Wall Street movement in the United States. I get being mad at banks, but if you didn't have a bank or if the bank weren't to lend, we wouldn't have the microphone that I'm talking to, into, I, TV or the monitors that I'm looking at, the keyboards. Businesses borrow money on a regular basis to start manufacturing, to start business ideas. Um, and Ultimately, every debt that you have is something you sign for. Um, debts just aren't created and given to you. Now, I'll say this. Some debts are. Government debt. <laughs> uh, but in theory, we elected these people. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um It's an interesting time to say the least. Everyone's freaking out about China's stock market. It's fallen 27% in less than a month, a huge reversal from the 117% gain over the past eight months. Now, the actual effect is a little bit less than analysts are expecting. The stock market wealth effect in China is smaller than many assume. Stocks represent less than 15% of household financial assets, and equity issuance accounts for less than 5% of total social financing. The average household consumption growth is driven primarily by income growth, not changes in wealth. So the China stock market is is dramatically on the lower end. It's not going to hurt much little balance sheet like it would in the United States. I can tell you if Apple were to fall 30, 40%, it would materially hurt my wealth. Um, I can tell you if my home fell 20 to 30, 40%, it would materially hurt my wealth. And that's kind of some of the stuff that you know we continue to talk about. 
1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Gold fell to a 15-week low, was hitting 1150 an ounce. Um, gold futures declined 1.8%. Silver tumbled 5.7% to 1485 an ounce. I don't like gold, and I don't like silver. Um, I don't see a point for them. If we were living in 1500s, in sailing the, the merry seas of the world, there's a little bit more to it. Um, I'm wealthy, and I don't hedge my wealth with gold. Um, the people I hear talk about gold typically are people that have a financial interest, where there's a 30% markup if you buy it from them, and a 30% markdown if you sell it to them. Uh, you can't win with those kind of numbers. Um, the dollar rose to a five-week high against the basket of ten currencies recently. Greek Prime Minister is in Brussels today for what could be a last chance to secure a rescue from European leaders. Gold should be going crazy as a flight to safety, and yet it's not. The economic of Greece has not been able to help gold since most investors are rushing to buy more dollars. The anticipation of tightening by the Fed is keeping gold under pressure. I think as the Fed tightens, if the Fed tightens, I think gold has 30% on the downside. Um, I'm not bullish on gold, and I find it very difficult uh, to make a case for it. Sadly, the people that do, like I said, typically have egregious financial um, reasons to get you to, into it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Shake Shack plunging today after Morgan Stanley said the stock was far too expensive. Shake Shack shares sinking, um, even though they just released a new chicken shack. Which, um, and it does look delicious. It does look like a Chick-fil-A killer, um, if you believe in that kind of stuff. The Morgan Stanley note came out today and said... Uh, Shake Shack shares should fall 30%. Um, Shake Shack official news product launch was cute, but while post-IPO euphoria and elevated valuations are not new or unique to Shake Shack, the difference between what we see as fair value and current market value represents an extreme discount. So that's not getting hit today. Um, when you use words like extreme, you kind of get it. Uh, so they see downside to, you know, 40 bucks a share. 800 516 20 call on the air on the Black Talk and All Things Financial, Money, Investing, and More. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. 
Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.